<laughs> yes. Here we are. Let's do a Robcast. Let's do a Robcast. It feels like a good day. Oh, man. Trace Bell, Rob Bell, coming to you from the back house. It's the classic on setup. Beautiful, on a beautiful sunny day, <laughs> yeah. On a beautiful sunny day. I, I And um, all Trace classes, one-on-ones with Trace, all the things you're doing, tracebell.com. Yep, Trace Bell with three L's. That's T-R-A-C-E-B-E-L-L-L.com. And uh, there's a new audio. It's called Something to Write, which is all of my what I've learned about writing in a four-hour auto. You can download at my site. All sorts of other things going on. That's all at robbell.com. But you and I, let's get to it. I feel like you and I are on a mission of sorts. Like it's. I feel like we're the, we're the dude who climbed up on the tallest building in town and we, we're like at a bullhorn or a flag or a flare gun or something. And we're like, everybody... There's a massive, massive shift that's in the works. Yeah. And it is truly going to change everything. Because you and I were just talking about this episode and like, have, have we said some of these things before? I'm sure we have, but bits and pieces here. But, but we also were like, we cannot say this enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, you, I think you, can't, you can't say and reiterate this kind of stuff enough. And, and the, more, the more we talk about it, um, the more we sit with it, the more we start to see how the different things that fit into it and the way yeah. that it creates this yeah. um, sort of umbrella that so many things fit into. Uh, yeah, yeah, And it's yeah. just so much fun to talk about, too. So, so it's friends, kind of a win-win. Uh, if you've listened to Robcast over the past year, you've heard Trace and I talk about quantum physics, talk about consciousness, talk about the awareness of awareness, talk about education, politics, business, uh, all the different ways in which the dominant worldview that is just as given as the air everybody's breathing is actually a set of beliefs and assumptions that are ever so slowly being completely undermined. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that the best way to put it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There's a, there's a, um, we use the word paradigm. There's a, there's a certain paradigm yeah. in which, um, in which we we operate within, in which so much of our thinking and orientation towards life yeah, yeah. operates and is, is influenced yeah. by. Um, and what we're saying here is that there's a massive paradigm shift coming. Um, so much of the way we live our lives and understand the world now is sort of understood as this sort of objective, like this is just the way it is. This is an objective way at, at looking at the world. This is just the way things are. And there's actually, the really, really mind-blowing thing is that there's actually a, 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 a total paradigm shattering uh new imminent change coming oh. uh that that shows that this isn't actually the <laughs> the only way to view the world yes yeah. so let's do this let me set up sometimes one of the ways robcast friends to think about a movement or transition or disorientation or chaos that you're in is to look back either in your own personal history or in history history and look to an earlier shift, because that often you can see so clearly, you know, them then, which is often a way to inform. So let's go back roughly 400 years, let's say. The dominant Middle Ages medieval worldview was that events on Earth are unfolding because of actions elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So that volcano explodes because the goddess is angry. Those two countries are going to war 
because they're the gods are upset mm -hmm. and have a rivalry, have something they need to sort out. And so this world with rocks and trees and gravity and such was almost in some ways the, the stage in which larger cosmic, heavenly, think of the Greek goddess and goddesses, their actions and jealousies and rivalries and loves and failures and anger and resentment and all the rest were played out. Is that a... I'm summarizing. By the way, this will be a lessons in simplicity. Everything we're going to do here, but does that, does that summarize it? Yeah, yeah, I think that's perfect. It was there was a, this the stage of consciousness available at the time yes. was one that viewed the world as um, only being influ influenced by and determined by sort of forces out there, whether it be go gods, goddesses, um, some sort of forces out there. So it was a very um, it was a it was a conception of the world that only. Uh, viewed the world through this lens of there's some sort of forces out there that are dictating everything that's going on. Yeah, um, and and how do we know what we know? We know what we know because the gods revealed it to us, and then whoever was mediating on behalf of the gods, namely priests and religious authorities, told us what to think, believe, how to read the text, uh, Across cultures, religions, time periods, peoples, um, this was how the world was understood. So if you'd ask, why do things, if you drop them, fall to the ground, or why does water boil at a certain temperature, um, the gods made it that way. Or there mm -hmm. would be an explanation based on some otherworldly possessor of that information who may or may not decide to give it to you yes yep i'm making that really sort of crude and basic but that's then what 500 400 years ago um and this is the move by the way those of you keeping track at home in the spiral index score from blue, blue to orange yeah. to orange and then something begins to take root yeah you had you had the introduction um of, of using logic and rationality to to view the world through and understand the world through. So not that those weren't present earlier, but they gain a head of steam. How would they you get say that? They gain a head of steam, and that's that, that's why people um, usually place this introduction of um, this stage of consciousness around the the scientific revolution or the the age of enlightenment, um, where it's so like a couple hundred years ago, which was the the thinking that prioritized. Um, analyzing the world and studying the world and using facts, logic, reason, rationality to to examine and and analyze the world and see all the different parts of the world and how all the different parts are um, relating to each other. Um, That's Descartes. Uh, those of you who have heard uh, Rene Descartes, who says, who said, "I think, therefore I am," and everybody can quote that, and it's like it's almost so familiar, it's unfamiliar. That was absolutely mind blowing because. What Descartes was saying is you can know something because you logically, clearly, mm -hmm. rationally thought your way to it. You see what that's saying? You don't need some divine being somewhere to hand it to you, to reveal it to you, to make it known to you. You can just think, you can just think, people. Yeah. You can think your yeah. way. So oftentimes some of this, you hear it, and you're like, yeah, 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 I think, no, 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 no. Absolutely seismic, massive shift. We don't have to wonder why uh, an apple falls. 
yeah. the ground at a certain speed. Yeah, this was a this was a huge development in human consciousness and human thinking that that brought forth these this this, this ability to to study things and and to um, look at things and see how they work rather than just you know deferring to some oh it's some god out there it's it's right. a huge I mean the, when we when we talk about spiral dynamics and it's we're talking about stages um, stages of consciousness that are so recent in human history and it's like it oh. it, it takes an appreciation of wait what was this actually introduction of the stage of consciousness and this kind of thinking, like what this brought forth so many beautiful things and so many technologies and so much of, um, so many luxuries of modern life are due to the introduction of this kind of medicine um, knowledge. Uh, you think about the, the giant book and all of this was Isaac Newton's Principia, which introduced the idea. All of you who, uh, have flashbacks to sophomore year physics class, mechanical laws of physics like the earth is not chaotic the earth is not well it's chaos has rules and order under it might be a better way to say that slightly more nuanced but as opposed to a terrifying murky chaotic middle ages where massive slaughter of people forces gods priests you had this Almost like calm, cool, um, and once again, we're doing massive summary here, like reasoned, mm -hmm. um, no, the apples fall from trees at a pretty regular speed. An object in motion stays in motion unless acted on by an outside force. Mm -hmm. Volcanoes erupt because of lava. Lava is hot because it reaches a certain threshold temperature. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm trying to. It's almost like we're trying to give people the feeling of the feeling. Yeah, and this was and this was a huge power shift in history too, oh. because it went from the power being in the the structures that were built around um, some sort of specific god and worshiping some sort of specific hierarchies, god. institutions, hierarchies. and now the power shift when this thinking comes into human history, the power shift comes goes uh, tilts towards science and using rationality and logic, and and science becomes the dominant facts, truth, facts, yeah. Data, so, evidence. So it goes from Ugh. it goes from we just you know the answers come from some god that we worship, and this kind of thinking comes in and goes no no, no starts questioning this god and going and saying but why Wait, what? but why what? and where where's the evidence for that and starts demanding evidence and now it shifts that power um, it shifts the power from those structures that are built around those ideas and those ideas about god to now the the powers now around science and anything that's using evidence um, and rationality and logic. Um, it's interesting you said all the, the good things. Uh, two come to mind instantly. Democracy. There you go. You also, in a very narrow window of time, roughly mid-1700s to mid-1800s, you have the uh, the end of slavery. Mm -hmm. Slavery becomes illegal. So something that human beings did forever, literally suddenly, that's not an exaggeration, suddenly within a very narrow, let's say, 100-year-ish window, slavery be, is determined to be illegal. Like that's... Mm -hmm. um, and, and Trace and I, in our MeWe, everybody, you and I talked about, when 10% of, of a culture historically reaches uh, a more integrated stage of understanding, generally it tips the entire culture mm -hmm. it's not everybody it doesn't only takes a few it's actually the leading edge roughly roughly what's called a leading edge of culture so uh, and all this setup we're doing people's um we're going somewhere with this the 
are we ready to talk then about what that did? Which it was so great, but what it did is it studied the material world and the separate objects that make up the material world and made reasoned deductions and observations about how these objects that we know to be the world function. I'm trying to make that like yeah, that was so simple. That was a great that was, that's a great definition. Um, so the starting point, you can see ever so subtly how this giant explosion forward also the human psyche, its starting point, ever so subtly over time became where do we begin? Well, we begin with, you know, the obvious dirt and bodies. Yeah. And things, things we can observe, things we thingness. can observe. Yeah. Yes. We we can we can observe these things, and now we can study them. And through studying them, we've learned the com the complexities, the intricacies, um, the way they relate to each other, how they yeah. how they work. Now, which is which is totally beautiful. Um, but you you see in in human history now the orientation towards life starts to become from this paradigm of separate, distinct things in reality, and. And it and studying the material world started to be create this this view that the material world was the objective fixed reality that gave rise. It's the to thing. Everything. It's the thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. Because right. we can see it, we can observe it. It has patterns. Um, Nobody's just agreeing that this is not a rock. Yes. Yes. Or yeah. that your body is not yeah. your body and my body is not my body. Nobody's yeah. just agreeing with that. Yeah. But you can see how that starting point. So, and we're roughly 400 years in mm -hmm. to that starting point. Uh, any of you know anybody, or maybe you're that person who's like, I'm just a facts person. Enough of this woo woo for me. Mm -hmm. I'm just someone who needs, I'm just logical. I'm just somebody who does a research. By the way, we're not mocking you. We love you. Well, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> that, that, that is, this is a very straightforward understanding of the world. Mm -hmm. I can't see it, I can't prove it. What's the problem? Yep. Here we go. Yep. But what that did is skipped. How would you say it? What that has done is it skips over something that's so massive and obvious and yet got skipped over. Yeah. Yeah. This the the real the real heart of um, what we're saying so far here, and the real heart of uh, when when a new stage of consciousness is introduced is it brings forth so many beautiful things. It brings forth new ways of thinking, new ways of, of understanding the world. Now, when, when that becomes the only lens that the world is viewed through, it's what we call tips into unhealth of that. It, an unhealthy manifestation of this way of viewing at the world is when it becomes the only lens to view the world through. So for this case, when this, this type of thinking is introduced, um, to the world and it prioritizes logic and reason and rationality. Those are all beautiful things that have brought forth so many, so much of what we um, value and, and treasure in modern life is because of this type of thinking. Now, when the only lens to view the world through is through this, this lens of logic and rationality, it really restricts and narrows. It sort of is like looking through the world through like a peephole almost. Um, because it, it becomes the the lens in which the world is viewed through, and it, it restricts and it excludes um, so many aspects. And then and the big I mean, the big point that we're making here is that 
it starts from a paradigm of separation. It starts from a, a paradigm that the, the world is made up of separate, distinct material parts, and the fundamental substance is matter. Um, and all of our, our conscious experience, all of our, our mental states, all emotions, all experience is a result of material interactions. Um, and, and yet, everything, plot reveal here, every experience you or me or Trace have ever had took place within our awareness. Yeah. Every color, shape, discovery, invention... <laughs> feeling, perception, event, memory happened within our awareness. Yeah. Yep. So the starting point of any individual human life, all the things you've ever held in your hands, every car you've ever driven, every meal you've ever, every tree, rock, frog, every experience, every hand you've held, every test you've ever taken, all of it, it happened within all of that separation happened within your awareness mm -hmm. yeah which has is a unif what's called a unified field yeah so so just for for everyone listening right now because i this is a really fun exercise just go to your your direct experience right now if you just go to to um the sights you're seeing um the sounds you're hearing your your the you, voices the you're voices hearing. you're hearing <laughs> Um, if you go to your awareness right now and you just you you feel into your awareness, notice that there are, man, there are different. As I'm looking around the room right now, there are different. There's so many distinctions here. There's different shapes. There's different colors. There's different sounds I'm hearing. There's different feelings I'm feeling. There's so many distinctions. But notice that it's all you like you were saying. It's all unified within this one within your field of awareness. No matter where you've gone in your life, you've had different different experiences, different sounds, different textures, different sights, um, but they've all taken place within this awareness. So, so there's this fundamental unity here to your whole experience, which is there's distinctions and different things happening, but it's all taking place within this. It's all taking place within awareness. It's all taking place within a unified field. Yeah, you, you want to say something here? If you're older than you used to be, notice that. You've aged. That happened within your awareness. Are you going to be older in a little while from now? Yes. Notice that the thought looking forward into the future about how you're going to age is happening within your awareness. Mm -hmm. You can hear our voices, your sense of hearing. You're able to be aware of your hearing. Mm -hmm. So notice that this idea, can we, can we, can we just give the, can we give the name of what this, this par paradigm is, the materialism? Oh, 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 if you were to describe... If you were to the, the the past four hundred years, this well, this 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 paradigm that we're talking about, this view that um, that material reality is the objective reality, and that the substance yeah. of reality is matter, is what's called referred to as materialism or the materialist yeah. paradigm. Now, materialism. Notice that what materialism says is that this awareness that we're talking about right here, your conscious experience, your consciousness, is a result of material interactions. It's a result of um, neurons in your brain, a material interact. It's your your body. It's a it's a result of the material interactions of the world. So notice that what this whole paradigm says is that our direct experience, all we know is awareness. All we know is, is awareness of reality of existence. Um, 
what, what materialism says is that that awareness is a result of material interactions that are <laughs> happening out there. Stuff created it. Stuff created it. Now that's huge. That that's Let's that, put a pin in that, people. That's, that's put a huge pin in that because notice how it starts from this 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 belief right here, this point that consciousness, your awareness, is a result of matter material interactions that are separate from it matter and material interactions give rise to consciousness that's a very that's 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 the belief at the heart of materialism and this way of thinking it's a belief by the way it's a belief like well, the same way like a religion's a belief or a any it's a belief system yeah well which is incredibly well, important to point out well so so keep going he, so sorry, here, you're on a roll so notice he's on a roll peoples <laughs> so in <laughs> no one has ever actually experienced matter outside of awareness no one has ever actually experienced um a material reality outside of awareness all we actually know is awareness or consciousness that's the only experience we have a reality is just this conscious experience now within this conscious experience we have um we have perceptions and sensations we're, we're interacting with things there's this table right here that i can grab music there's this music there's a there's a microphone now we create the to to make sense of these distinctions and make sense of these things that we can observe we give the name we give the name matter we give that we get we started giving creating concepts about the things we can observe which is beautiful it allows us to interact with reality study reality but notice that there's never actually been an experience of something called matter outside of awareness so this idea that matter is somehow giving rise to consciousness is an un unverifiable claim no one's ever actually experienced a material world outside of awareness no one's ever ever experienced such thing called matter outside of awareness so we so there's this thing the only thing we know is awareness and what materialism says it is the thing that we've never experienced which is the stuff called matter outside of awareness actually gives rise to the only thing we've ever experienced so notice that this it's built on this belief that that this conscious experience is is due to material interactions now what this means for our lives think about what this means for your own life because it for the belief is that we're born as these 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 humans we're born as these bodies our brains material reality is giving rise to consciousness therefore when my brain dies when my body dies this conscious experience is over so we are born into the world believing that we are here for a, a, a limited amount of time, your your brain and your body are limited. They're not, they're temporary, and they're they only exist on Earth for a temporary period of time. So the belief is that if consciousness is tied to that brain and body, then that conscious experience is only here for a limited amount of time. So, See, so this is, has very profound implications yeah. for how we we view life and view our our, our existence. So yeah, here, yeah, ah! go go go. I gotta jump in for a second. Yeah yeah. You see, people's how Trace and I went from like scientific revolution and French philosophers to death because this isn't just nice science or philosophy or history. Do you see how this gets extremely personal and intimate really, really, really fast? Is a, a materialist, often sometimes called materialist reductionism, mm -hmm. that says, matter is it mm -hmm. do you see how quickly if you had been living in a culture that had been soaking brining absorbing this had been wearing this pair of glasses 
for 400 years, you can see what would happen is, oh my God, what do you do with death? Because its only lens for death then would be you die and it's over. Mm -hmm. So what would happen then? Let's say there was a modern culture, maybe in the Western world, that materialism was the dominant view of religion of the age. Well, you would have this culture that was almost like bound up, um, almost like paralyzed by death. Mm. So we would have a very difficult time knowing what to do. So its rituals would be quite strained. Um, I mean, would that culture would be trying to make sense of death. Maybe that culture might even have like tons and tons and tons of art expressions, namely like motion pictures in which lots of people die. Like it's trying to work out its death issues mm -hmm. because deep in its bones, the only way it works is you die and the whole thing's over. Yeah. As opposed to there is an infinite, absolute, outside of time awareness that is the deepest self of each of us mm -hmm. that has only ever experienced sensations, thoughts, and appearings coming and going within this. This is why like great teachers have said things like, I am. There's an I am-ness to every one of us. Mm -hmm. This indestructible outside of time, impermeable, it is that within which all of our experiences of life mm -hmm. are actually happening. Yeah, and and like the um, the materialist reductionism that you just talked about, notice how if, if our conscious experience, um, if this life is a product of material interactions, um, if you think back to the most beautiful moments of your life, the moments where you felt the most love, the moments where you felt the most at peace, if yep. you're explaining the yep. world through a materialist reductionist view, then those feelings that you were feeling, that feeling of complete bliss, complete Union, openness and love, connection—that that, that, what that materials reductionist view says—is that that was a re, that was a result of that was all that is. It can be that can be reduced down to a to an interaction of neurons in your brain, material reality. It's so all this the most beautiful aspects of experience are just explained away as simply just material material parts interacting. So it actually takes the most beautiful. Um, deepest parts of life and just explains them, reduces them down to these, just these material parts. And there's nothing actually deeper than it's just a cold, indifferent, neutral universe. And everything, everything you're feeling is just a result of that universe. And if it doesn't explain away, what often it feels is a, it's almost like a strained, muted, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. When a kid is born or when you fall in love, yeah, yeah, that, that's real. That's real. It's just, yeah, but it's just, it almost, it's a muted, strained embrace because, yeah, but then you die. Yeah, yeah, and then it's... We're, be, we're creating a bit of a cartoon character here of this paradigm, but it's very important because yeah, it's very yeah. true and it's and, very powerful. And totally, and it's, we, we, uh, we don't want to demonize this, this paradigm or this type of thinking at, at all, and, and, and that's why we've been acknowledging... We're the, the beneficiaries. That's, that's why we've been acknowledging oh. the really beautiful aspects of this type of thinking. The, the main point here is that these are beautiful aspects of thinking, but when these become the lens at the which dominant. we understand our lives, you see how it, it, it excludes... And and suppresses the really beautiful aspects of life because it creates this this um, lens that is very small to view the world through. So it's just everything can be explained away by material interactions. And what we're doing here is we're we're questioning that by saying that actually that's built upon a that's built upon a belief that can't ever actually be verified. The idea that 
what we are, this conscious experience is being produced by matter is a, is simply a belief that cannot be, cannot be verified. There's <laughs> okay. So, uh, and tell me if I'm leaping ahead here or behind or back, but here's those of you, uh, who have heard me talk about quantum physics a lot. Here's why things got really, really interesting about a hundred years ago. And that's why the whole game, I don't know in my lifetime, but that's, that's why the whole game is in the process of a massive, massive shift that is bigger than even the one 400 years ago. I'm just going to say that for fun. Is around 100 years ago, you had quantum physicists who started taking apart matter mm -hmm. stuff, the stuff that we, is indisputably true and real, the starting point in, in the modern age. And quantum physicists started taking it apart. Okay, so cells are made of molecules. Great. Molecules are made of atoms. Okay, what are atoms made of? Atoms are made of particles. What are particles? Well, if you take apart a rock, you end up with a rock is made of subatomic particles, and those particles are bits, essentially bits and pieces of energy. Mm -hmm. And they, a rock is a cloud of possibilities because those particles don't, and show you which path they took when they moved from point A to B until they're observed. Yeah. So scientists, this is key, science began to see what things all of this hard, cold matter is actually made of, and it turns out matter in the end is energy in relationship with other matter clouds of possibilities that come and go sometimes particles come into existence and we don't know where they came from and then they disappear and they don't know where they went yeah so i okay you, you have more um, but i pause okay okay go i don't want to I, I just don't want to interrupt <laughs> so i so the so the big one of the big key um key ideas of of this materialist thinking is that there's a there's an objective reality that's fixed. So what you yes. are is different from that the the world out there because the world is made up of um, discrete things that are static and unmoving. There's there's particles and atoms out there that are um, static and and not that they're they're definitive and right there. Now what quantum physics? What you were saying? What quantum physics came in is it, when it studied when it went into detail and studied those, it actually discovered that those particles aren't static and fixed. Those particles are actually existing as um, a cloud of possibilities field, which means that it, those particles exist in a, what's called a state of super superposition, in which those particles exist um, in a state of all possible states they could exist in until they're observed, and then they choose one particular one. And when they're in that, <laughs> so when they're in that, when they're in that um, superposition state, they're existing as pure potentiality. And then when they are observed, they they it, it collapses into an actuality, which is the which is the reality that we observe. So the the big point here is that actually when they studied they when they studied particles, they found out that particles weren't fixed things in reality. They were actually they weren't anything at all until they were observed. So this is really important because notice yes. that this materialist yes. idea is built upon this idea of a fixed objective reality that's right there, that's independent of the observer, that's independent of... There's you over here and there's it, and you're watching it yeah. in a line between the two. There's a world totally independent of consciousness. Now, when they actually studied the world, and then this was 100 years ago, this was in the 1920s, so 100 years ago, when they actually studied this world, 
they 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 found out that this world did not exist as a static um yeah. uh sort yeah. of fixed yeah. reality it was actually way more fluid and it actually um it, it, it wasn't fixed like they previously thought it was i, I the, the the line for me is that when i first stumbled into all this was that solidity is an illusion mm-hmm so like you have some things that are solid, like the f- floor of this room, a rock, a car, that's solid, a body, bone, solid. But actually everything that appears to be solid is in reality, according to science, that's important to say, mm-hmm. according, to the, according to the lens and paradigm itself, actually turned out to be fields. energy and relationship, fields in which the observation, the awareness and observation and witness of the matter shapes the matter. Those of you who are like, what does it have to do with anything? Okay, yeah. I was, uh, I, was, I, was gonna do, I was gonna try to do something clever there, but I don't know what oh, it was. Oh, sorry, Go. sorry. I totally you interrupted you. I totally interrupted you. I'm <laughs> no, no, sorry. No, you just exposed the fact that I didn't know what I was gonna say. Oh, next. okay, Go. okay. <laughs> well, I, what I was gonna say is that um, notice how the world right now it, it, the world where we are at in human history right now is at the height of differentiation between subject and object. Yes. And what I mean by that is the world right now, the dominant belief is that what I am, the subject, is different from everything out there, the object. Now, this is evident in the fact how many, how many wars are we in right now? How much conflict? Look at where the way we're treating the earth. Notice how this isolation, this, this belief, despair, isolation, dis, Pol- this political polarization, political polarization. Notice that all these things come back to the, the root belief that the subject is different from the object. So, the, so what I am is different from the world out there. Now, what quantum physics, what quant- the discoveries of quantum physics in the 1920s showed is that the the object, the thing that's being observed, it only chooses one reality once it's observed. It exists as a cloud. A, a, a probability field, which means it's a it's a field um, could go this way, could go that could way. Could go this way until it's until it's observed and it chooses one. So what the big big discovery of quantum physics was that the observer and the observed are intimately entangled. The subject and the object are intimately entangled. You can't the actually act of observation changes the thing you are observing. So the subject and the object actually can't be differentiated um so that's the that's the big the heart of the discovery of quantum physics is that the very observer is affecting the observed and the observed the thing that being observed doesn't actually choose a particular um a particular place to exist at until there's actually something observing it so so the subject and the object are actually entangled rather than being different so those of you who have been in business and you were taught like let's make some money so you made money, and now you're like, God, is this it? There's got to be something more. Maybe you've worked with people and like, but everybody working here is miserable. This can't, this can't be it. Right. Because what it did is it separated. Well, we're just here to make some money. Maybe we'll make a good product. We're here to make some money. It separated the experience of the employee from the thing being made. As long as we make money, we're fine. No, we're not fine because it's separated. So you can see, politically, you can see, well, they're over here and we're over here. And we believe this and they believe that. And we're going to, yeah, you can see separation. Separation, 
separation. You can see how many, the nutrition, how many people have no sense of how to eat well, exercise, sleep, like separation. Mm -hmm. It's like if you took separation and the starting point was separate objects, you, me, everything else, and then you soaked a world in it for 400 years, what would you end up with? You'd end up with separation. Mm -hmm. So you now have owners of businesses realizing, oh, yeah, like when my employees are happier, we do better in every way. So the experience is actually incredibly important. It's all connected. And you see all sorts of people realizing, and the word for this, peoples, is spirituality. That there is some field, some awareness within which everything you and I know to be everything is taking place. Mm -hmm. yeah. And some of you are going through this like, wait, all of a sudden things that always used to exist in different silos in my life and the world around me are all bleeding into it. The realms are bleeding into each other. Mm -hmm. It's not enough for that, pol that po politician needs to be good. That business needs to be good. We, we need to think through, you think about people who, it was just a building. You go to that building. No, that building is working on you. It's not just a building. If you separate the building from you, no, you are interconnected with the spaces you're in. They're working on you. That's why yeah. fluorescent lights and tile floors and awful pharmacies that just suck your soul and workspaces with recycled air that they kill your, yeah, because everything is connected to everything else. I would uh, say everything is spiritual. Um, but that's what's happening is people are waking up all... Obviously, the earth crisis is one of the main ways people are realizing separation. It's not separated. The pain of all of this separation is starting to... It's yeah. like it's it's like building a head of steam or it's... So this is so this is why we say that we man, there, I got all fired up. This there. is why we say that there's a there's an imminent paradigm shift coming yes. because we yes. we look at yes. the world right now and we look at we look at what this type of what this type of thinking breeds in the world. And like I said, like we see the wars, the conflicts, the way we're treating the planet. Yeah. Like look at the when the belief is that what I am is different from the world out there, this is the type of world we have. And I we're reaching the pinnacle yeah. of uh of that. And there has to be a uh some sort of uh collective um sort of awakening and evolution into um, a more unified uh, view of existence that's actually seen that the subject and the object are actually not different from each other. Now, when we talk about paradigm shifts, um, notice that these discoveries of quantum physics, this idea of, of a material reality, um, a fixed material reality, has been, been disproven by quantum physics over a century ago. Yeah, so, 100 years. So, over so 100 years. Oftentimes, like, culture and society takes a while to catch yeah. up to the discoveries of science. So yeah. this is something that, yeah. this paradigm shift is not something that's, you know, way off in the future, maybe. This paradigm shift is something that's coming rather soon because we're already we're already 100 years after the discoveries that haven't fully um, sort of permeated throughout culture and mainstream science um, yeah, yeah. yet. Uh, but by the way, for people who who still have a hard time understanding why George Floyd's death was so significant. It was the importance of racial justice, police brutality, systemic racism. Yes, 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 a thousand percent. Underneath even that was 
you're like heading into a tipping point of connectivity. Mm-hmm. Because what what unites all of those? Like you talk about suburban towns where everybody's white who were marching last summer. Yeah. And there's sort of a, yeah, I guess it's just a, a ra- yes, it is racial. Yes, it is. These are our neighbors and our brothers and sisters, and this is this is wrong deep in our bones. But it's also a harbinger of what's coming. Mm-hmm. Is if it's happening to them, it's happening to all of us. And and at first, sometimes these things can feel like cliches. Like everybody in Africa, they're our brother too. Like with the HIV/AIDS crisis, you know, like around the time you were born, it can at first feel like yeah, we are the world. There was this huge song, but it's because. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so a lot of the spiritual cliches kind of sound like cliches until it's there's actually, a reason. Being back, actually backed <laughs> yes. up by... Yes. By, yes. Uh, yes. There are massive discoveries going back. It was a J.J. Thompson in 1890 and some of the first splitting of the atom where... And this, by the way, this was Albert Einstein. His friends, Max Planck, others, were the ones making some of these seminal discoveries and Einstein saw this. He felt it. He was also like, oh, God, if the world is this weird, this changes everything. Because he yeah. was saying space and time are curved and warped. And mm-hmm. his theories of relativity were actually saying the whole thing is actually way more entangled yeah. and bendy and curvy and connected than, than we thought it was. And if you, if you look at the... Um if you if you study the 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 writings of the the founders of quantum mechanics, they a lot of them actually became really interested in uh, mysticism and started studying mysticism. Yes, and you look at um, Niels Bohr, uh, Max Planck, some of the founders of quantum mechanics. They actually they they came to the conclusion that actually consciousness is fundamental to the universe because when they started observing that if material reality exists as these probability fields, um, and they they um, choose a particular point once they're observed what's the 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 observer and the observed are entangled now what's the observer the observer must be fundamental to reality because the observer is actually the one that's causing the the probability fields to collapse into a single reality so so for me the thing that's always been most interesting um has been consciousness i i I didn't grow up um i didn't grow up interested in religion i didn't grow up interested in uh and any sort of particular religion or particular scripture, to me, the, the thing that was always most interested is what is consciousness? It's right. too weird to, it's like, it's too weird and it's too overlooked. Um, and too and obvious and too central. Too obvious and too central. I can't, it's always here, but I yeah. can't really put my finger on it. I can't grab it. I can't hold it. I can't describe it. But like, what is it? Um, and you study these people that have made these discoveries and they start to come to the conclusion that you actually can't get behind consciousness when you actually yeah. when you actually study the now you see the, the one of the, the the biggest awareness of awareness awareness of awareness now one of the one of the biggest ironies of the whole thing is that this whole thinking was this whole materialist thinking and reductionist thinking that we've been talking about has been the result of studying the parts of reality in detail now when we actually when quantum physics when they actually went the furthest in detail it came full circle yeah. <laughs> back to back to a to a to an understanding that material reality actually isn't the fundamental substance that it's actually um something else uh it's not it's not static and and sort of fixed and it's, it's not giving rise to consciousness but actually consciousness um is fundamental so, so uh robcast friends think about Tracer's a an, an immediate oh, exercise or application that immediately comes to my mind and heart. Think about all the separate events of your life, all the 
drama, conflict, pain, experiences that don't make sense, events that left you like heartbroken, exhausted, confused. You know what I mean? Think about everything that has happened to you in your life. Is it all just random bits and pieces and every once in a while there's a glimpse of synchronicity and somehow they seem connected? Or did all of those separate events, people, places, senses, and perceptions, it was all unfolding and occurring within a unity that we know to be you. Mm -hmm. It actually all took place within a oneness. Even the most volatile, conflictive, painful, you and somebody did not see eye to eye. Well, notice the second, if you're like, here's an example. Have you ever been betrayed by somebody and you felt the hot sting of separation with that person? You were over here and they were over here. Well, right now, if you're reflecting on that memory, who is remembering that experience? Because there is a you that that experience happened within. So even the experiences in which we are most aware of the painful separation of life are moments when we are aware that we're aware of the separation. Mm -hmm. And that awareness is a unified field, it's a space mm -hmm. in which your life has unfolded. Mm -hmm. It's a unified field in which all the distinctions of life so, have hap happened within. And, and, and the beauty of it is actually uh, resting in the distinctions and, and resting in the, and noticing how, what, a, what a beautiful creation that we get to, to interact within of, of so many distinct parts and so many, so many differences. But notice that it's all taking place within a unified field. All the all the right. things we're experiencing are happening right. within a unified field. Right. Now, when right. we start right. from when we start from the observer, when we start from consciousness rather than right. material reality, which we know is actually way more fluid and kind of wonky <laughs> than we if we start with the thought, events, you'll only ever be heartbroken and not have peace. If we start with the you within which the events unfolded, mm. now you have a shot. Yeah, yeah, because the 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 one thing that we're all certain of certain of right now is that. I am. I know that if there's one yeah. thing in my experience that I'm certain of is that I am and I'm having an experience. There is some sort of, there's an I that is right now. Now, if we start, if our starting point is that I, and then we understand, that, then we build our understanding of reality from that rather than some matter, material reality that's, that's out there that we've never actually existed, we've never actually experienced separate from that I. That we never experienced that material reality separate from i <laughs> yeah. right 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 like, like it's always been intertwined it's always been entangled and that's what with science shows us and that's what studying the world actually points to the fact that it's all entangled and all unified okay i want to run something by you at the end here for thousands of years the question human beings have had over again and again and again is is inner peace possible is could a person actually be at peace and even to ask that question nowadays, the resounding answer of ancient wisdom for thousands of years has always been, yeah, inner peace is possible. But you think about a person asking that question and wrestling with the question, is inner peace available, possible? Could a person actually have peace? 
if you're asking that question in a culture, in a society, in a world that has been dominated by separation, all you know are the comings and goings in your attachment to them. Did mm -hmm. I win? Did I lose? Do they like me? Do they not? You can see how dis-ease and a lack of peace is when you identify with the separate pieces that are coming and going. They like me, they don't like me. This emotion makes me feel this way, this thought makes me feel this way. And you can see for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, ancient wisdom always taught people some path of sinking in, resting in the you within which all of this separation and drama and conflict and love and hope and desire and longing and heartache actually takes place. Because as you become more and more grounded, you've heard me use the phrase grounded and centered a thousand times on the Robcast. As you're more grounded and centered, then all of the separations, you're aware of them. They still hurt. You still feel. You still have highs and lows. But you're aware that they're all taking place within a calm, spacious, peaceful sense of life. Yeah. Yeah. God, I feel like I just landed that one. I was like, what do you think of this? And I landed it like it was a... <laughs> it was so good. Yeah. Was that, but, but I think that's why so many people... And then people nowadays often will present it like it's wisdom. Like, there's no... No, give it up. You can't have peace. You can't have yeah. joy. Give it up. You're just wasting... Well, of course you would say that. If you've been trained, educated, conditioned. Yeah, and, and you know what I mean? And also I mean and and this this again this this reductionist worldview that's um if this whole if this whole conscious experience is a result of material reality is a result being produced by the brain, then a concept of inner peace is simply just some sort of neuron, some sort of interaction you get them of material to fire reality. Right. You get right. them to fire right. It's not really a, a concept of an actual deeper um a deeper inner peace that's actually about connecting to life itself and and actually existence itself it's simply just you know just just get the get the like you said just get the neurons to fire in your brain right so you notice that it takes any sort of inner peace and just it's like oh it just must be some sort of emotion that's created by how would you ever explain firing. that right how would you ever explain that but now when we take a step back and start viewing it from a from a unitive perspective there there there's a inner peace actually becomes something that's there's there's a inner peace goes so much deeper than just you know, right. material interaction, a momentary sort of respite, a from momentary like, respite, <laughs> right. inner peace actually becomes something that's like the, actually at the heart of reality rather than just something that's produced by reality. <sighs> yeah. You like, Oh man. Yeah. So, so the conflicts that a person is feeling, the tensions, the stresses, the worries. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The paradoxes, mm -hmm. the things you, the the people that you're at odds with. Yeah, yeah. The disasters all around you. The news tomorrow morning when you wake up and read it. Yeah, you, you never deny that. You never avo avoid it like it isn't. It's actually is what is unfolding. You're simply learning to observe and witness to it from a a deeper sense of self. Mm -hmm. And now, actually, you might even become some sort of agent for help mm -hmm. or peace or calm in the world. 
Yeah. Because you're coming from a place. Yeah. Where you're actually, you have, you actually have an invitation to give. Yeah. And when you're able to go, when you're able to go so far, um, so far within yourself to, when you're able to go so deep, um, within yourself, you're able to reach a point in which you use to go so far exploring the subject that you actually discover that the subject and the object actually aren't <laughs> yeah. differentiated. So you notice <laughs> then when you go interact with the world, you're actually interacting from a place in which you're understanding that the object, the thing that's out there is actually isn't right. different from the subject in here. Right, 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 and you think right. how many movements are built upon trying to make the world better, but they're not coming from they're not coming from people that have actually explored the idea that what they are um, is actually not different from the world out there. It keeps and the separation it's, it's in keeping, place. It keep, it's keeping yeah. the separation in place. So mm -hmm. you actually go within far enough to discover what within is and discover that there it actually isn't the different, there isn't the separation that was previously thought. And then it allows you to engage with the world and the objects out there yeah. because now you're in for, you're coming from an informed, you're coming from a, um, yeah. a unitive perspective rather than, a separation uh, perspective. Yeah. 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 It was funny the other day somebody was asking me a question. I was thinking back on, because it's so fun watching you starting out and thinking back on the last 30 years of work. And they were asking some question about this very thing. And I was struck with, God, somewhere along the way, I discovered I was learning as much from people as whatever I was spouting off about. Mm-hmm. Like even the boundary of, I guess I started out teaching, but quite quickly I was, everybody else was, the people I was interacting with were teaching me as much or more than mm -hmm. I was ever teaching. Like those boundaries just, so you just go into an interaction knowing. Yeah, the, the world becomes your teacher because you don't view the world as something different from yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and obviously the endless talk about how polarized everything is, Polarization is the inability to see yourself in another. Mm -hmm. You're watching them and you're like, I have no idea why they would do that. Well, when you're resentful, when you're angry, when you feel like you've been forgotten and left behind, do you make the best decisions? Does that peak rationality for you? So you may vehemently, passionately disagree with that person, but can you find your own bitterness, alienation, separation, and experiences you've had? I can. So I can understand why they did that, but I actually can. Mm -hmm. You're, yeah, that's, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. I have no idea what to call this episode, but I feel like, and I just keep coming back to this, just we're standing in the middle of the town square going, the shift yeah. is upon us. Yeah, and, and I, th I think it's also important to note just here at the end, like there's so much great literature and, and oh, work yeah. that people have done about, and I, and I know most people listening know that, but like, man, Ken Wilber, all the if you want to study the the Elia Delio, Elia Delio, there you go, D E L I O, Elia Delio will get you rocking in this um, regard. But so many wisdom tradition, <laughs> wisdom traditions that point to this. This isn't. This is like the the stuff we're talking about um, has so much. It's really funny that it, would, it appears though you and I were like trying to argue for some new paradigm. Yeah, exactly. If, by the way, if you think that Trace and I are arguing for a new paradigm or a new model, that's the opposite of this episode because. Ancient wisdom, it's fascinating how much ancient wisdom, particularly Buddhism, yeah, Buddhism was already, you begin from the place of awareness. 
Yeah. Um, how much so, of, I mean, how many, how many Bible verses, how much, how many, how much of the Bible is pointing? How to much this of the Torah well? was, how much uh, hero Israel, re- religions, the were divine origi- is one religions right. were originally built on this. And, and, yeah. and then you said, look at, look at science. So this new paradigm shift we're talking about is the, the integration of, of science, philosophy, the truths at the heart of, of, of religion, um, self-inquiry, deeper, right. all, all leads to a, a deeper right. spirituality. So this is a, so yep. when you look at all these different facets of the world, you can see all of them are pointing towards, um, pointing towards something. Uh, yeah. Man, oh man! And you have you have uh, some resources on your site. Yeah, you right? can you can you can email me on my if you go to the work with Trace and you just send me a quick email. There's a little box that says growth and development resources. So if you want to click that box and just send me a send me an email about um, what what type of, of resources you're looking looking for. Yeah. Um, I'll yeah. be I'm more than happy to to send over some things I think would be helpful. But hopefully every one of you who have had this like, it's like murmurs or tremors or quakes of like, is something massive happening? The answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, in some sense, it's as big a shift as humanity's ever experienced is you are literally living in it. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? It is, a, it is an absolutely fascinating time to... The, yeah. 2021 is just... Yeah, what a fascinating time on planet Earth. And I remember my first Everything is Spiritual tour was 2006. And I remember Everything is Spiritual. Like, I, I, I had, like, bits and pieces. But just realizing what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I'm, like, catching up to these very early sort of primitive stabs on my part. Like, uh, that now that I see what I was, like, in the dark grabbing pieces of it here and there. Yeah. You know what I mean? As the light dimmers come on, like, oh yeah, this is going to go. And that's, that's the beauty of all the stuff that we're talking about is this is like a, throughout your whole life, you start to see, notice new things and this, this stuff starts to deepen. Yeah. Um, I've just noticed in the past year, I mean, the, the, the things that I heard a year ago that I understood um, and I had experienced and now like I just, it's like a deeper level of understanding them and living them. It's like they just continually, like it continually deepens. Um, yeah. So you're able to, yeah, you're able to look yeah. back and see on how how it all fits together and how it just continually, yeah, gets deeper and sinks yeah. more into the heart over time. One, uh, I'm gonna give one one final image. Every one of you who've ever been in a tense situation, there was conflict, stress, worry, and you took a deep breath. What you were instinctively doing is moving from being caught up in the separation of the moment. What the deep breath was a deep, primal, ancient impulse built into your system. You instinctively, intuitively knew to take a deep... I just took a deep breath. What you were doing is moving from being caught up in the separation to witnessing the separation. That's what we say when we say, I had to catch my breath, is we were moving from the separation being the sum total of our experience to being the observer of the separation. Mm -hmm. So this little instinctual move that you've done thousands of times, that's actually what's happening, is the whole world is learning that there is, is on the way to learning that the ultimate story is not the separation that you can actually back up and witness to the separation happening within a greater unity. So everything where it's headed 
you've actually already experienced this on a micro, micro intimate level, each one of us have. But imagine if that, what that tiny bit of respite gave you when you caught your breath became simply the starting point for everything. Well, that'd be a whole new world. And on that note, <laughs> grace and peace, friends. <laughs>